Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, welcome to Nothing Impossible. Sponsored by Accelerate St. Louis, the epicenter of innovation for the St. Louis region. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan on News Radio 1120, KMOX. All right, welcome in Nothing Impossible. Michael and Travis with you as we enter the end of an era, the final few days of an era here in St. Louis. We uh, are lucky. We get to uh, spend an hour chatting with the Honorable Mayor Francis Slay, talking about innovation, legacy, everything. There's so much to cover. I mean, there's the stuff going on, current events we'll get to, but we'll also touch on the, um, the institution of Cortex which has transformed a whole section of St. Louis and brought in companies like Microsoft and Square with regional headquarters, tech companies. Yeah, and we'll talk about what the, you know, before and after, you know, pre-Slay and uh, post-Slay, what the city looks like after 16 years of uh, the Mayor Slay administration. Yeah, and some of the things maybe he'd like to see the next mayor tackle or continue or some of the biggest challenges there. So much to talk about with Mayor Slay. He's in the green room, so let's... Uh, Let's take a commercial break right now. And we'll jump in and we'll be back. We'll be back with Mayor Francis Slay on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Depend on KMOX when news breaks. News on the hour, 24 hours a day, with bulletins at any time. On News Radio 1120, KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible. Sponsored by Accelerate St. Louis, the epicenter of innovation for the St. Louis region. On News Radio 1120, KMOX. All right, welcome back in to Nothing Impossible. And we have a treat this Sunday. We're talking with the longest tenured mayor of the city of St. Louis. We have Mayor Francis Slay in studio with us. Mr. Mayor, thanks for joining us. I'm pleased to be here. So we get to, we, we get you for the whole hour, which is great, mm. uh, because there's so much we want to talk to you about. But Michael and I were discussing this earlier. 16 years ago, what's the same? What's different? And not necessarily about the stats, but as you walk the streets of St. Louis, different neighborhoods. Walk out your front door in the morning. Yeah, what's changed? What's different about St. Louis? A lot of things have changed in St. Louis in 16 years. Um, sometimes we forget what we were. But I recall very vividly uh, that at the time, uh, a, some kind of a study came out that said that St. Louis was losing jobs and people faster than almost any other city in America, any other major city in America. Uh, that's something that was disturbing a lot of people in town for good reason. Uh, that was not a good sign for the inner city. It wasn't a good sign for a region. And uh, it was clear that, you know, we had to do something to, to change things around and be more aggressive and more collaborative and, and a lot of other things. Uh, the, but what, what made it difficult was that we we um, ran into, uh, well, 9-11 uh, mm-hmm. occurred a few months after I was elected. We had a couple of recessions and a uh, major foreclosure crisis, which was part of that. Uh, so, you know, very, very difficult um, situation. Uh, we had our downtown was emptying out. We had about 150 uh, empty buildings in downtown at the time. Uh, and, and people, our neighborhoods were emptying out a lot. We had a lot of vacant properties and vacant buildings and, uh, land and other things. And we were having a difficult time attracting businesses for a lot of reasons. Uh, so that's, that's where we were then. 
you know, what we've seen uh, through, you know, very difficult times with the economy and, and other things is, is a lot of uh, new investment, new business, new, uh, new developments all over the city of St. Louis. We have, we had a school district that wasn't uh, back then that was not accredited. Uh, we had uh, a health care system that was uh, not working well for the for the indigent people who did not have, not have health care. And we also had um, a, uh, a, a huge amount of low-income housing um, uh, developments that, that were badly um, managed and badly in disrepair. And so there's a lot of other things. So what, what we see now is a much different city. A city where people are, are wanting to move into the city, where we have um, neighborhoods that are being revitalized and redeveloped. We have uh, probably have seen more rehabilitation of older buildings in St. Louis than any time in history during that period of time. Mm-hmm. We have uh, a downtown now that only has a couple of dozen empty buildings. We're not, we're not finished there, but uh, uh, a, a, a very active uh, retail uh, and uh, a lot of other wonderful things in downtown St. Louis. Still need a lot of work to do there. But we have great neighborhoods that have, have evolved, like uh, the Central West End in a big way, uh, the, uh, the Loop, um, South Grand, Old North, uh, for example. Uh, we have better public education. Uh, the public school district now is fully accredited for the first time in uh, 17 years. Uh, but we're so we're seeing uh, we've got local control of the police department. The arch grounds is being redeveloped. A uh, cortex mm-hmm. in in the central West End, as I talked about, is is being developed. Uh, so we've just seen a tremendous amount of investment, uh, and um, and a lot of we're seeing a lot of young people moving to the city. We saw that play out in the last mayoral election mm-hmm. with a huge turnout of uh, young people, progressives, who are engaged now in the electoral process and went to the polls and they voted. That's exactly what we wanted uh, to see when we started and when I started and my team started back in 2001. We wanted a city that was vibrant, a one, that, one where people wanted to live and where businesses were being attracted and, and, uh, and, and retaining. So we're, we still have a lot of challenges, don't get me wrong. Things are not perfect, but we see a much different St. Louis today than we did back in um, in 2001. What do you think when you walk down, you go to Cherokee Street and you walk down and so many storefronts are open, people on the sidewalks, you go to the Grove, there's modern architecture being built there next to the beautiful old buildings. I mean, just the visual of people on the sidewalks, walking kids, walking dogs, just uh, it, what, how does that make you feel when you think about how you described the city 16 years ago? Um, it makes it makes me feel great as a mayor of a city that's uh, uh, that has um, a lot of vitality and a lot of people who care deeply about their city and about their their neighborhood and their community. People willing to invest, people willing to take chances and risk by starting businesses. You know those those you know Cherokee and and the Grove. Uh, you know, was pretty much they were pretty much uh, ghost towns. Uh, Washington Avenue was almost was was a ghost town basically uh, back then. And now we see a lot of vibrancy, as you said, a lot of people walking up and down the streets and and shops and um, you know activity, people enjoying the city, enjoying the unique spaces, the historic buildings, the the historic neighborhoods that we have. Um, no, it's it makes me feel good about uh, the partnerships we've built and about all the wonderful people that that. Uh, pitched in to help make it happen. When I graduated from high school, my uncle gave me a paperback book called Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude. And it was one of those things where I just kept it in my back pocket and read through it. 
And I swear, Mr. Mayor, it, you could have written that book. I have not met a person uh, that has such a positive attitude, uh, very optimistic about this city. But there, I'm sure there's been some points of frustration as well. Uh, what have been some of the frustrating points uh, during your tenure, and uh, how have you helped champion the positive attitude to keep those uh, frustrations at bay? Well, there's there's a number of frustrations. You know, representing a major city and, and cities all across America address uh, some of these same issues. You know, of course, uh, a frustration is always trying to make sure we have a safer city. Mm-hmm. Uh, while crime has dropped in half over the past 10 years f- by 50%, mm-hmm. and we've seen, seen a tremendous um, Im- improvement there, we've also seen our, our homicides go up, mm-hmm. uh, like many other cities as well. Uh, that is very, very frustrating. All the hard work the, the police officers do, all the work all our social service agencies and our, and our uh, public agencies are doing to help improve the, the quality of life and the safety uh, of our community. And uh, it's just, it never stops. There's always some, some challenge there that we need to, we need to undertake and, and handle. And we're up to the challenge. And, and again, we've made a lot of progress. Uh, but there's still a lot of work to do there. You know, the, another frustration is that, you know, while we have a regional economy, we have a regional workforce, uh, we have regional challenges and regional resources, uh, all too often we work together in separate directions, the mm. city versus the county, you know, in terms of uh, a tax base, in terms of job opportunities, in terms of attracting businesses. Uh, now, we've made some progress there with the uh, regional uh, the St. Louis Economic Development Partnership with the St. Louis City and County work together now on, on, on marketing the city and county together uh, to the world in terms of attracting businesses. But there's still competition and um, there still is um, it, it does that division really does hold us back in a lot of ways. And I can talk about mm-hmm. probably not enough time on this <laughs> show, but you can look at what's going on with whether it's Metrolink expansion, Metrolink ex- uh, security. Uh, whether it's, you know, how we address homelessness and other, you know, regional challenges. These are all things that we can do much better and, and even even continuing to market the region. We can do much better if we were um, reunified, the city and the county were reunified. How frustrating has that crime issue been, even, even though the overall numbers are down, the murder rate and the, um, you know, these high-profile kind of incidents? And has local control really helped you to better fight crime in the city. Let me talk about local control. First of all, yes, it has helped us tremendously in, in fighting crime. Uh, and we are now the city and the, and the, and the police department are now working together a lot closer on addressing client crime. That's better for, for everybody. Uh, we, we are, our department heads, whether it's the street department, whether it's the lighting division, whether it's, uh, the building division, uh, work closely with the police department in addressing, you know, nuisances and other problems, uh, lighting issues, and other things that may, you know, be uh, um, a way to address some crime uh, situations in neighborhoods around this around the city. Uh, we have a police chief and I are working together now closer it, and before because I went through the old system and I've seen it in the past. Mm-hmm. Mayors were fighting with the police chief. Uh, that hasn't happened uh, since I've been mayor. And uh, but now we don't fight. We work together. And uh, and, and and I'll just tell you one a story. I was sitting in a and I've got a lot of them, but uh, I was sitting in a police board meeting before we had local control and there was an issue came up. It was going to cost some money. And somebody on the police board said, well, who's going to pay for this? I said, what are you talking about? This? What are you talking about? He says, is it going to be us or you? And I said, we pay for everything. I mean, and we do. <laughs> right. So it was yeah. this I- idea that it was the city hall versus the police department. That doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- we, I think we are doing a much better job. And like I said, crime has dropped in half in the last 10 years. 
But what's happened over the last three years, and we've seen this in, in cities all across America, many major cities, an uptick in violent crime, particularly homicides, and high-profile ones as well. In neighborhoods, we, had, we didn't see a, a lot of that in the past. So that's a big concern of, of mine and a big concern of, of, of anyone who cares deeply about our city. Uh, and it is our number one priority and will continue to be to make St. Louis safer. And this isn't just about policing. Uh, we do have an overall peer plan, which is prevention, intervention, enforcement, and reentry, uh, where we, we go through the whole, we, we have programming and, and organizations and people working to address all the underlying uh, social ills uh, to help make sure that we address things before they get to a point, the last resort, where the where law enforcement has to come in. One more quick question on that. Are you still frustrated with the judges? Because I think we just saw with one of the Metrolink crimes recently, somebody who had been uh, sentenced, short sentence, got back out, and then committed a crime. Is that kind of an unfinished business of frustration with you? Well, there, there's been a frustration, and, and I will tell you that it's easy to sit back here and be critical, and there are certain circumstances which I think are outrageous in terms of, I mean, we had one person who actually shot a military-style assault rifle at two officers, missed them both, uh, luckily for them, um, but was um, basically, as after he pled guilty and was convicted, he was given time served, so he did no jail time beyond mm-hmm. his his plea, and then he went out and committed some more violent crimes. Uh, those are things that I get very, very frustrated about. I mean, you talk to the judges, and they'll and they'll tell you, uh, you know, they they're not going to talk too much about what they do. They like keeping everything uh, shrouded in secrecy, so they they feel like they 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 have to have a more of an independent uh, approach to things. But the things that happen over there in the courts impact us as well. Uh, it isn't just the police. They can arrest them, and they put them in the system. Uh, if if they get slapped on the hand and put back on the street, that's frustrating to the police. It's frustrating to the people in the neighborhoods. So there is a level of frustration. Now, I will tell you, you know, to paint a broad brush is, 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 is not easy. There are some judges that are more lenient than others. And there are, in cases, uh, real good reasons why. Um, somebody doesn't get a, a sentence. Maybe the evidence is as good as we'd like it to be that, that, that we would all hope for. So there's a lot of things that go into it. So yeah, there's frustration out there, but we have to, we can't, we can't just paint a broad brush. We can't point fingers at all the judges in every instance what happens. But the idea is that the, is that this, the, the criminal justice system and the causes of crime are broad and we can't just point fingers at the judges. Well, we're talking with Mayor Francis Slay. Uh, we're going to move from frustration to celebration after the break because we're going to talk a little bit about the innovation districts that uh, are popping up that weren't here in 2001. So we'll be back on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Are you tired of politics? Had your fill of polarizing rhetoric? Give your ears a rest at the KMOX Pints and no politics trivia night. Get your team together and meet us Thursday, May 11th at Llewellyn's Pub in Webster Groves. We'll test your knowledge on everything. Uh, except politics. Pints and no politics. Hosted by Hancock and Kelly, who promise not to get political. Thursday, May 11th, starting at 7 at Llewellyn's Pub in Webster Groves. For more info, KMOX.com slash Pints. All right, welcome back. Nothing Impossible on KMOX, sponsored by Accelerate St. Louis. And so happy to have the mayor of the city of St. Louis, Francis Slay, in studio with us. And speaking of being able to walk or drive down a stretch of St. Louis and just marvel at how different it is, Midtown and the Central West End and the Cortex District, whether you're driving past on the interstate and you see the at symbol 
on the building or the cranes that now dot the landscape there and at BJC. Or that big blue box of do-it-yourself furniture that's there now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mayor, uh, take us back to when Cortex was founded. Keep these businesses from... You know, they, they get sparked here at the Center of Emerging Technology, and then uh, once they, they graduate from there, they're moving to some other city they, to, to expand. So we wanted to keep those ideas here and those opportunities here and those jobs here. Um, so the vision was there, and there was a high level of confidence that this was able, able to get done. We all know and all knew then it was very, very difficult. The city's uh, uh, participation was that, hey, we want to we want to carve out an area. They wanted to carve out an area that would be considered the innovation district and that would be a tax increment financing district so that revenues that are generated out of that district help fund uh, the ongoing um, development of the district. And it's been very, very successful, as as you can see. Um, don't I can't say I can't speak for everybody else there, but I have to tell you that, you know, I sitting in the room with all these really smart people that are outstanding individuals that have money and resources and, and can make things happen and have in the past. Uh, I had a high level of confidence that we can make this happen, but I can tell you that I had no, I could not have dreamed personally that it would have been this successful. Uh, and there's still a lot more to go. So I remember that meeting very well. And uh, I'm certainly proud of all the work that all the partners have, have contributed uh, to help make this uh, a reality and help put St. Louis on the map as far as biotechnology and life sciences as well uh, in a big way and other technology um, uh, innovations. It's been exciting to see companies like Square that had to leave, couldn't get started in the city because the talent wasn't here now commit to two, three, four hundred jobs within Cortex and Microsoft making their big presence known here. But when we think about the national level, St. Louis doesn't always come up in those conversations, right? It's, it's exciting now that uh, in the same breath as the Cambridge and the, and the Silicon Valleys of the world, that St. Louis is in, in that list as well. Uh, how does that make you feel when you're out and about, sometimes sitting in a room, maybe a little bit anonymous, and you hear St. Louis mentioned along these other uh, wonderful cities? How does that make you feel as the mayor? It, it makes me very, very proud of uh, all the work of the, of the people and organizations within our community that have really stepped up and made something spectacular. I was sitting in a room full of mayors out in Sacramento, California, a few year, couple of years ago, and there was a presentation on innovation centers. They, they showcased about four innovation centers around the country, one of which was St. Louis. So here are mayors from all over the country, and uh, this, the gentleman that was given the presentation told every mayor there that if, um, if you're looking at starting an innovation center from scratch, go to St. Louis and see what they did. They're doing it better than anyone. And this past week, we had um, representatives from 18 cities around the country, eight mayors, uh, and sponsored by the Brookings Institute and the U.S. Conference of Mayors. Uh, they came to St. Louis and to see what we're doing in Cortex with the various innovation centers that are there, as well as uh, T-Rex, and uh, to learn what we're doing so they can take these ideas back to their cities. I can remember... 10 years ago, 15 years ago, reporters would go with the RCGA, the then RCGA, on trips to like Denver to learn about how they do things or how their revitalization went about. How does it feel that those trips are coming to St. Louis now? (laughs) And they're asking you, how do we do what you've done? Yeah, and and we've had other cities come to St. Louis to see what we're doing in different things, downtown redevelopment, uh, 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 redevelopment of older buildings, rehab, and those kinds of things. And and I've I've been, but this is something different and something even more exciting because 
We are now uh, ranked as uh, one of the top seven innovation districts in the entire country. And I, I'm somewhat nostalgic. I've only been here five years, and I feel like you've been my mayor for life. <laughs> uh, you've, been, you've been my mayor for the entire time that I've been in St. Louis. What is, what's the next day look like? You know, uh, on, I guess that would be April 8, 19th, the day after Inauguration Day, when uh, Lida Krusen is sworn in as the first female mayor in the history of St. Louis. Uh, very exciting times. What's the next day look like for you? Well, the next day I turn my cell phone off for 24 hours. <laughs> Only 24 which hours. Which I've never been able to do before. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it, it's going to be, uh, for me, um, I'm looking forward to it. My whole fam- family, my wife Kim's looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Um, this job is is a job that is, I, I can't think of a better job in terms of how rewarding it is, what you're able to accomplish, the people you're able to work with, the good things you're able to 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 accomplish, the people you're able, and organizations you're able to help and partner with. Um, there's there's nothing more rewarding and f- or fulfilling than a job as being a mayor of a major city. Uh, it also is very difficult and very tiring uh, and um, can be very controversial in, in a lot of ways. But the hardest part about the job, and, it, and it's just, in terms of, it never stops, 24 mm-hmm. hours, of course. Uh, the phone's on all the time, and believe me, it goes off in the middle of the night a lot more than people think it, it does. Yeah. Uh, but the thing about it that's the, the hardest is that everything's public. There's no, there's no personal life. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to going back to the private sector and having a personal life, <laughs> be a, uh, a uh, person in the private sector. So, but I'll be, I'll be engaged uh, civically. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to take some time off and relax and sit back and uh, spend some time with my family. And then I'm going to go back to, you know, my next love, which is the practice of law. I did mm-hmm. that for 20 years before I was mayor. I'll be in the city. I'll be in downtown uh, with a firm, Spencer Fain. And um, so it's, um, it, it's, it's like taking the, the, the weight of the city off my shoulders mm-hmm. and putting it on someone else's. I'll still be involved. I'll still be helping where I can um, in a lot of ways. But... Uh, um, you know what? People may still call me mayor, and I hope they don't. I hope they call me Francis. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking you all to please do that. But I won't be the mayor. So that there's there's a whole different uh, it's a whole different thing. Well, if I, you, I was uh, hoping I was hoping the mayor was going to say that he has this great startup idea and he's moving to T Rex <laughs> the day after he gets out of uh, out of Office 200 to roll up his sleeves and start a new startup. But that's okay. I I can understand. I wish I was that smart. <laughs> I wish I was that smart. Well, if you decide to pull a Barack Obama and go windsurfing. You know, in the next week or so, just make sure you tweet a few photos, right? Yeah, he's a little younger than I am. Well, we'll continue (laughs) continue with the mayor of the city of St. Louis, Francis Slay, up next on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. There's a new voice coming to nighttime radio on KMOX. I'm not an angry 55-year-old guy. And he's not afraid to tell it like it is. I will admit that I'm wrong. I'm not going to double down on being wrong. No matter how embarrassing. I eat pizza with a fork today. Who is this man? I'm Ryan Recker. That's who. Ryan Recker, your new host of Overnight America, weeknights 10 till 3 a.m. It's a place where you can sit down, it's where you can talk, it's where you can discuss what happened during the day. That's what it's all about. Ryan Recker, your new voice on the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible, sponsored by Accelerate St. Louis, the epicenter of innovation for the St. Louis region, on News Radio 1120, KMOX. All right, welcome back in, and Travis and Michael here, and we have Mayor Slay in with us for the hour, his final days in office in City Hall. And, um, you know, I can recall the when uh, Square co-founder Jack Dorsey came to town, had this big town hall meeting, and uh, small business owners got up and said there are some things with uh, 
government, especially when things, uh, procedures maybe haven't been changed in a while, they're frustrating for entrepreneurs. Maybe talk about some of the progress that's been made on streamlining, streamlining and digitizing government under your tenure, and then maybe some of the things you'd like to see Mayor-elect Krusen continue on or try to identify that might help with entrepreneurs. Yes. Uh, no, that's great. I'm gra- glad you brought that brought that specific thing up because I got on stage and said, hey, look, we're, we're going to fix this. Mm-hmm. And uh, matter of fact, we already had some things in the work to address those things. And as a matter of fact uh, and interest, uh, there were, I think, four different I think there were four different or, um, businesses up there represented, and they all mm-hmm. had their own various complaints about, you know, dealing with city government. I will tell you, three of those I personally visited while they were either just opened or while they were opening, and each one of them told me they had a great experience. So just so you Good. know. Good. But, but by the way, we know that, that, that the city government was not, uh, uh, was not very um, – you know, it's it's difficult. It's set up in a way that's uh, fragmented. You know, we have separate organizations within government that that don't report to the same. Like for example, we have all those county offices we call that are separately elected. Uh, the collector of revenue, the license collector. Uh, we have the recorder of deeds office. We have uh, all these different organizations that have an impact on how people when they buy property or they're going into business where they got to get. And then we have our uh, you know, whether they get permits or they get licenses, they got to go to different places. Sometimes it can be, and, and, it, and many times it can be very, very taxing and, and that. But uh, what we're able to do is that we, that we introduced at the Board of Aldermen and got passed a number of different initiatives to help streamline some of those things uh, in, tar- in terms of making it easier to have a, a home, your, your, a business in your home. Uh, it, it's cheaper, it's easier. You don't have to go through all the hoops that you, you did before. We also have some licensing, uh, 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 permit, uh, applications that we, we streamline that as well, uh, through the, our business licenses and we reduce some fees on for smaller businesses and those kinds of things. So, um, we're there to, to help in every way we can. Um, but, but, um, you know, that's not to say it's perfect. Uh, but I will tell you, it's it's way better than it was before. So the Board of Aldermen was very cooperative. They provided a great leadership to help make that happen. And uh, so we do have uh, better laws in place now to help um, and a better process in place to help make it easier to open a business in, in the city. As we talk about the advancement of the city and all these buildings that have come back online and new construction, how do you explain to critics of... Um tax increment financing and other tax incentives. We've heard about it for years in the county, but lately there's been some criticism in the city too. How do you explain the use of those, how you figure out when it's justified, when it's not? And do you think St. Louis is getting to the point where we might not need to use these as much because things are improving so much? Well, here's what, here's what I'll say about the, the, the tax increment financing, the tax abatement. They're very, very misunderstood in terms of what they do and how they work. Tax abatement doesn't mean you don't pay taxes. All you do is freeze taxes for a little while so they stay the same so that somebody can invest. You attract an investment that will generate uh, a higher value property, uh, jobs, uh, more income, more tax revenues for the city, more activity. Those are things that help. They they increase our tax base in a big way. And we're going to keep using those kinds of things where needed, particularly in our most distressed neighborhoods and in areas that, you know, need a little need a little bit of a, a shot in the arm in the city. We're, we're going to, they are very successful and they do help increase our tax base. They don't, they don't reduce it. So people, you know, they'll say, well, you're taking money from the school district. No, you're not. This is money they weren't getting. Mm-hmm. And once the 10 year tax abatement goes away, the property gets, gets appraised at the full 
full um, full market value as of that date, and those taxes go up dramatically in a way they wouldn't have had it been sitting there either vacant or, or underutilized for a long time. And tax income and financing is very, very similar. What this does is it tracks investments and uses a portion of the new revenues, tax revenues that are generated, to help finance the, the project. Um, a project that would not occur, and that's that's the key, trying to figure out whether or not and how far you go, and we have professionals to help us work with that and, and figure that all out. It's easy to say, well, we are given all this uh, money to these rich people who are developing whatever they're developing. The, the, the fact is that we're not giving them anything. They're generating the revenues that are actually going into the financing, a part of it's going into the financing. The rest of the new revenues, half the new revenues, are going into all the different, the school district, uh, the city, the state, other different taxing, um, uh, the tax, taxing jurisdictions, and it goes to them just like all the other taxes. These are taxes they would not have had had it not been for that development. So I get the, the fact that they need to be scrutinized very, very carefully, but ultimately, uh, they've been good for St. Louis, and you can see even in Clayton they're using mm-hmm. tax. I mean, Clayton is using <laughs> uh, tax incentives to incentivize investment. People are doing this everywhere. If we don't do this, we can't compete, and we need to continue to compete. You know, it's uh, I live in Old North St. Louis, uh, bought a house that was rehabbed, and so when we bought it, the, the, uh, the tax, property taxes were relatively low because they hadn't, it hadn't been reassessed yet. And there was no, I was actually really happy when I got my new tax bill and my, and my property taxes tripled. And I might be the only person that's saying that on a 50,000 watt station that my, I was happy when my property taxes tripled. Uh, but they, they, I just knew that it meant that one, uh, that home was now a new marker in that, in the, in a distressed neighborhood that's increasing, hopefully the values of, of my, of the surrounding properties of my neighbor's properties. And secondly, that meant that there was more money going into schools and there was more money going into streets and law enforcement. I mean, I'm, I'm a happy taxpayer uh, because I think that we need to pay. We need our taxes to go up because we have we have needs that we have to spend it on. And I'll, and I'll just add this. Uh, there's also some talk about, well, you know, you're, all these tax abatement and tax mm-hmm. incentives are going in the central west end and the south side mm-hmm. and we're not putting them uh, in the north side. That is absolutely not true. Every one of the incentives we have is equally available in every corner of our city. Mm-hmm. You cannot incentivize a project that doesn't exist. But what I will tell you to incentivize even further North St. Louis development, uh, we incentivize projects um, on a percentage basis three times the rate we do in uh, South St. Louis. And uh, in North St. Louis, we incentivize them two times the rate we do in the central west end. So we're providing more incentives in the north side to help stimulate more investment. Uh, and so that, that's what we've been doing. We have not neglected North St. Louis, and we've seen a lot of wonderful developments uh, that you know, many times get overlooked. But, of course, we know that the, the need is tremendous, and there's still a lot of work to do. As our time winds down with Mayor Slay, you're wearing a blue jacket in our interview right now, but you've got a green jacket for the St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame, right? Correct. And so what I thought you were going to brag more a little bit there. What was what was your feeling? Was it emotional at all or how did you feel with the soccer stadium vote with proposition 2? Um I was uh first of all um you know, I was disappointed it didn't pass. Wasn't necessarily surprised. We saw the polling. We knew it was going to be hard going in. We knew this wasn't going to be easy. But I'll tell you what, I was very pleased uh in the end with uh the fact that we now have I saw that the campaign really energized people more for soccer. They understand more about uh, the importance of soccer and the um, 
the intangible and tangible benefits of having an MLS team in St. Louis. So I was I was very um, uh, I was happy with uh, the reaction, the, the the better and more excitement, more talking about it. So I don't think soccer's dead in St. Louis. I think this was a, a, a great effort. I was hoping it was pat, would pass, even though I certainly wasn't surprised when it didn't. But it wasn't that far from it. It, there's, it was within reach. And I do think that um, there's, there, there may be a shot, uh, although nothing specific is going on right now. But uh, I was encouraged uh, by, by the feeling, that what I saw and what I felt uh, around the campaign and the election itself. Do you think that there's anything else that could come from the city or would it have to be the county getting involved or a naming rights or another private investor at this point? Well, I think, you know, it may, maybe it'll be another investor. Maybe it'll be, you know, something else like I, I don't I don't I don't want to speculate on what it could be. But ultimately, I just have a feeling uh, that soccer isn't dead in St. Louis. This is a soccer town. We are at one point the soccer capital of the United States. When I was playing, we were the soccer capital of the United States. If you if you won uh, the St. Louis region, uh, you were in the Final Four hmm. nationally. I mean, you were. Hmm. And uh, uh, I played in six uh, national championship Final Four tournaments, and um, and so we were we were the soccer capital. The the point is that um, um, I think there's a, there's a there's a future for soccer in St. Louis. I don't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. Let's ask him about, we got to end with NGA, right? Oh, we ask were talking, NGA that's question. right. We were yeah. talking about North City. We were talking about technology. We can't talk, we can't not talk about uh, NGA and what that, what it really took to keep it here and what it means for the city that we are going to have $1.7 billion of investment in, in North City. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's not just about keeping 3,100 jobs here in a prestigious uh, federal agency uh, that uh, has been here for 70 years. Uh, it is about, um, uh, it's about, you know, having an anchor. Uh, and uh, a tax base that's going to be located in an area that hasn't seen major development investment in decades and decades and decades. And, uh, and that's the near north side. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to take advantage of this to the hilt. It's going to take up uh, nearly 100 acres, uh, but there's also hundreds of other acres that surround it that we need to make sure, and we have a, we have a program called Project Connect, mm-hmm. so that we can't, we, that this won't be an island, but this will catalyze uh, opportunities, investments, uh, along with North-South Metrolink, which, you know, passed, that did pass, so mm-hmm. with a half-cent sales tax, and that Metrolink station is going to go real close to uh, and serve the, um, the NGA, National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, West headquarters. So this is very exciting as far as what the opportunities are for the entire um, near north side area of the city of St. Louis, and we're hoping that that will spread further and further north. Um, and, uh, you know, and we'll have, we'll have, you know, new, new neighborhoods and new, you know, um, amenities in terms of shopping and schools and parks and those kinds of things as well to make this a neighborhood that's way more livable and way more exciting will really add in, in, a, in an even a bigger way to the fabric of the city and what we are as a, as a community. Well, Mayor Slay, I know you said after the 18th, on the 19th, we can call you Francis. Uh, I will always refer to you as Mayor Slay. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your, your service to the city. Yeah, Mayor Slay, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. My pleasure. It's always good to be here at KMOX and talk with you gentlemen. It's, thank you. All right, and we'll be watching when the new mayor gets sworn in just a couple of days from now. And we'll be back next week to talk about innovation in the region. Thank you for joining us. Nothing impossible. Find the podcast, KMOX.com. See you next week. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 